Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for the Cannon Fire podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got the online casino, which never closes. So head over to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Once again, BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkapoli. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. Hands in the shot. At the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25, He's 20. Gone. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. No. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Back at you today for episode 184. We're going to be talking OTAs in minicamp as the Buccaneers are officially back in one buck place. We'll forecast the rest of the division, some of the big losses from the NFC South, a blockbuster trade just a couple of days ago that we'll cover as well. And then we're going to be answering some of your last-minute questions. I threw out a poll on our Instagram page to see what kind of questions you guys had this time of year because, let's face it, this is the first time you've heard from us in... Almost a month, and uh, I think at this point it's safe to say that there just isn't a whole lot of news floating around this time of year, and that's usually what seems to happen. But we are back today, like I said, for episode 184. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself, Mr. Evan Wanish. Glad to be talking to you again, my man. Here we are, episode 184. How you doing, Evan? You know, when you said that, I was surprised. Like, we've done 184 of these things. Like, and that's <laughs> not even that's not even counting. Like, we've done some stuff that we don't count as episodes. Oh yeah, all the live so, streams in between like, the call-in shows, the post-game yeah. stuff. Like, man, it's it's hard to believe that we're almost we're almost at 200. So, yeah. uh, almost yeah, five years in the making at this point. Crazy, just just crazy. Um, oh, yeah, cr- crazy times. But yeah, we're we're back. Um, don't don't know if we're going to be doing everything weekly because, like you said, so is a dead period. But we just wanted to, to get on here and talk to you guys a little bit because, the, believe it or not, there is actually a little bit of football going on. Not yeah. much, but a little bit of football. Yeah, and as of this week, mandatory minicamp is coming up. But after that, the Bucks have another six-week break before they really have to do any physical football activity. So if, you know, if anything's going to tell you about how football's going, that's going to be it. So let's go ahead and get into things. Like I said about OTAs, we'll mention this briefly, and then we'll talk about uh, the Julio Jones trade. The Buccaneers officially wrapped up voluntary workouts last week on Thursday. The work began last Tuesday, and six days of meetings and practices later, they are ready to move into the final component of Phase 3, the NFL offseason program, which will come in the form of mandatory minicamp on June 8th. Now, unlike the rest of the spring work so far, 
the camp is mandatory for every single player. So you're going to see a lot more star power in this mandatory mini camp coming up, which means uh, guys that have been showing out, you know, Kyle Trask, he'll have a little bit better receivers to throw to. So that'll be interesting. But before we get into OTAs, let's talk about this trade. Julio Jones sent to the Tennessee Titans for a second and a fourth round pick. Are you kidding me? I thought whatever team was going to land Julio was going to give up at least a first, but that was not the case. We found out that Tennessee has been working on this one for quite a while. I think a couple days before the draft is really when uh, the heat started to pick up between those two teams, and Julio Jones no longer in the NFC South. You look at a couple of other teams, the New Orleans Saints, they lost a lot of guys, but they lost their quarterback, someone who gave the Bucks hell twice a year every year for the past how many years in Drew Brees. He is officially retired. Um, the Panthers in kind of a weird position right now. You got Sam Darnold leading that offense. You don't know how that's going to work out yet. So I guess it's safe to say that they're in like, you know, a building year. And then, of course, the Atlanta Falcons lose Julio Jones. I mean, the best wide receiver in the NFL, I think. Definitely the best wide receiver in the division. And listen, I'm really biased. We got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown on our goddamn team. But Julio Jones is a specimen. And um, he was that Atlanta team, it, at least it felt like, right? That's that's a big loss for Atlanta. Uh, but my question for you is, like, how does this move affect Tampa Bay? Because I think it does a little bit more than people realize. Yeah, so the, the strange thing is that this past season, it didn't really matter, right? Because uh, I don't believe Julio Jones played in the season finale. Right. Uh, and I, I don't, I'm not even sure he played in, in Atlanta when the Bucks played him. So the Bucks haven't really seen a ton of Julio Jones recently. But uh, so Julio Jones has always been known as a guy that doesn't score a whole lot, but just picks up a lot of yards. But to like I think it's like twenty percent of his career receiving touchdowns have come against the Bucks. Like, like he just he doesn't score unless it's against Tampa. So yeah, it's it's a big uh, big help to not have that guy. Um, the Falcons drafted Kyle Pitts. They still have Calvin Ridley. Uh, you, you'd much rather just face Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts than have to deal with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts. Right. So it, it'll definitely be interesting to see where Atlanta goes from here. I think there's obviously signals that they don't really. In, think they're going to be too competitive this year uh, i know the julio jones trade wasn't exactly like a football type deal it was just the, the cap situation that they had and, and his guaranteed money and stuff but um yeah i think trevor sikama said it on twitter it was a weird offseason for him because i think they had either extended or like gave matt ryan a bonus to clear some cap room which would basically would be like pushing that back. And then they didn't draft the quarterback at four. Instead, you drafted a weapon to try and win now, but then you just traded, you know, your best wide receiver and one of the best players in franchise history. Um, for, I mean, I, a second round pick and a fourth round pick, I think that was a solid return because they were seeking a first round pick, but I think teams knew the bind that they were in. Uh, and I, I think teams knew that like, yeah, like you probably got to get rid of this guy. So I'm not going to give you what you want. Um, so, I mean, the, the return isn't awful, but I, I mean, when you're trading away a guy like that, you know, if you're an Atlanta fan, you essentially just gave away Julio Jones and now he's going to go do great things in Tennessee while you're sitting there hoping that Calvin Ridley's ready to be that wide receiver one, which I, I think he could be, but I don't know. It, it, it was a weird off season. There was a few win now moves, but then this signals a full on rebuild. So yeah. uh, it's a weird off season for Atlanta. I don't think they're going to be that great. They did really virtually almost nothing 
to improve that dreadful defense. Um, I didn't really, uh, you know, I, they, they didn't really go out and free agency and sign many impact guys. Uh, they have some talented players on that defense, but that secondary just got shredded last year. And I think it's going to be the same thing this year. So I think a rebuild year for Atlanta, um, but I think they're sort of expected to do that. And Hey, it is what it is. You know, every player on every team nowadays almost has an expiration date, right? right. Nobody would have expected Tom Brady to be playing on the Buccaneers. Um, Especially at 43, coming up to yeah. 44 once the season yeah. starts. I mean, nobody would have expected Philip Rivers to end his career not as a charger. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody yeah, – it's Aaron Rodgers right now. He, you know, he odds are he could be playing on a different team. Nobody would have guessed that, right, three years ago. So – it's uh it's it's tough and nowadays player movements at at an all time high and Julio Jones is another example of that. Yeah. Now the state of the Bucks we're already pretty well familiar with. They brought back all twenty two starters from the Super Bowl team. There isn't a lot of holes on this team aside from some depth in certain areas that might need to be addressed. But we know what the Bucks look like, right? Best chance they have it going for another Super Bowl. You're coming off of a Super Bowl victory. Best possible situation for Tampa Bay. And uh, you've got, you know, Tom Brady texting quarterback coaches the day after the Super Bowl saying that we haven't even hit our peak yet. So it's been talked about. We know what to expect from Tampa Bay this year, at least for the most part, right? Because in the past we've seen expectations go awry with this team. But hopefully everything is on the right track. Now, as far as the rest of the division goes, you know, as you kind of forecast how things are going to plan out there. We talked about Carolina, just went in depth on Atlanta. New Orleans seems like the most complete team that they're going to face within the division but even then you still have kind of a question mark over who's going to be taking that start uh under center week one is it going to be Jameis or Taysom Hill a lot of people lean towards Jameis but still kind of a uh not a red flag but just an adjustment that they're going to have to go to it's something they didn't really have to adjust to last year um but what I'm trying to say after all of this is with the state of Tampa Bay and the rest of the division losing a lot of big pieces if the Bucks continue to play their cards right and I'm talking more than just the the quarterback position. You know, if you go out and Tom Brady retires after next season or the year after that, even though you have a two-year commitment from him, let's say Tom Brady's 46, he finally decides to retire, and Kyle Trask is the next man up. If the Bucks play their cards right, they could still be the team to beat in the NFC South once that time comes. And I think as of right now, it's it's a pretty safe bet to say that the division is in Tampa Bay's hands for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I, I think definitely for the next two seasons. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, you know, normally I would say, oh, it could probably be three seasons, four seasons, but the quarterback position is just so important. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if Kyle Trask pans out, you could be looking at being being a division winner three, four years down the line still. Maybe, you know, and then five, six years, maybe you're not the winner, but you're in second place. You're making the playoffs consistently. Obviously, that's the ideal thing. You're, you're not going to win the Super Bowl every single season. Nobody does. Um, there's a reason that the last team to repeat was the Patriots, you know, almost 20 years ago. There's a reason because it's so difficult to do that. So, but the goal is to basically give yourself a shot every year. Just give yourself a chance. And I think that's what the Bucks are striving for right now. Obviously, they already got their Super Bowl. They're clearly going for another one, right? Um, which obviously that's the goal for this season. But the goal long term is just always be in that conversation. Just always be, you know, in the playoffs, giving yourself a shot. And like you said, I think that they do play their cards right. They have a young nucleus on defense at some important positions. Um, you know, a lot of it depends on this year's draft class. How does Joe Tryon pan out? If, if, if he busts, you know, that that's a huge hole, right? But if he does 
phenomenal. That's, you know, that really changes things. Right. Uh, uh, you know, um, Kyle Trask is obviously the biggest one, right? That's the one that will really dictate things. But Robert Hainsey, can he be a really good uh, offensive lineman when, you know, Jensen's getting older, his contract's up, Kappa could be a little expensive. Um, Jalen Darden, could he come in and make a difference? Like these types of guys. And then the future draft classes, that's what's going to set this team up for the future. Um, New Orleans had their, had their time. They have ruled this division for the last four or five years. Carolina had their little window uh, when Cam was like really good and they had Keekly and um, you know, a lot of other young pieces on that defense. Atlanta sort of had that one year where they were like super good and lost to New England in the Super Bowl. Uh, other than that though, like the Falcons have kind of been like a really up and down team. They'll make the playoffs and then they won't really do much, but I mean, yeah, it's, for the Bucks, that's, that's the goal right there. And um I mean, I think just, yeah, giving yourself a chance consistently year in and year out. I think the next two years, I think, yeah, the division's Tampa's, even though a lot of people say, like, oh, Carolina could be that team to maybe get, like, second or maybe even challenge Tampa. But I, I, I still view New Orleans as that team. Um, I just don't – I think Carolina just needs another year, and I think New Orleans, yeah, they lost a lot of pieces, but we've said on this show, like, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, Marshawn Lattimore, the almost the entire offensive line, Demario Davis, Cam Jordan, Marcus Williams, all those guys are still there. So they're still going to be a solid team. Oh, yeah. um, so I, I think is if you're talking about who's the next best team in the division, it's New Orleans this year um, with Carolina on, on the come up. Yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta's going to be in the basement for a little bit, I, I think. Um, and hopefully Tampa can, can stay at the top or at least near the top, you know, three, four, five years down the line. Yeah. I mean, a Super Bowl title sure has a way of changing things, but it's nice to see how the the tables have turned in the NFC South. And without a doubt, it'll be an interesting division to watch in football this year. We mentioned him briefly earlier. Let's talk about him now as we start to cover OTAs and minicamp. The boss man himself, TB12, Tom Brady. Bruce Arians has come out and said uh, he's really not sure what the workload for Brady is going to look like for the upcoming minicamp. The expectation is that he's going to do a lot more coaching than throwing. And, and truthfully, this shouldn't really come as a surprise to anybody here. I mean, Brady coming off of that knee surgery, he's a 20-plus year vet. I don't know anyone who expected anything differently. You know, maybe you'll see him go out there and get some mental reps or a couple of throws every now and again, but he's going to be doing a lot of coaching. Uh, he's going to be talking to those guys in the quarterback room especially. Uh, and, I mean... You know, as far as like physical activity for him goes, I'm not too worried that he's getting the work in as well because obviously we saw that he got his workout group back together this year. They went and practiced on uh, the Yankee Springfield right next to Ray J. But I feel like he's getting his uh, his physical activity quota. You know what I mean? Like I don't really feel like he's missing any work that he wouldn't have gotten at the facility. So as far as TB12 goes. I'm not very worried, right? Like, let's let's focus on the guys he's going to be working with: Ryan Griffin, Blaine Gabbert, and Kyle Trask. We'll be fine. Yeah, he just <laughs> he he just had an entire 16 game season and then played four extra games. He just played 20 games with this group of offensive players. The group of offensive players really hasn't changed besides Giovanni Bernard and Jalen Darden. And the kicker uh, is, is that Brady apparently wasn't even 100 percent throughout those 20 games. Right. Clyde right. Christensen came out and said that his knee was a little bit bigger of a problem than they let on. And it was it was something that nagged him throughout the year. So if he's back at 100 percent, I really don't have any worries whatsoever. 
No. And, and like he knows there's going to be pretty much a full training camp this year. So he's going to have more opportunities there. And there's going to be a preseason. Now, I think it'll be three games. I don't know. Normally, he doesn't play in the preseason. In New England, he never – see, we never had a, a Bucks preseason with him. Yeah. But in New England, he didn't usually didn't play. Maybe he goes out for, for a series or two in, like, the first game. Um, maybe just to, you know, sort of – I think he still would like to get more acclimated. Um, I mean, even he was saying, like, he didn't know what the plays were, like, week nine, week ten. Like, he still didn't know what the plays were. So, obviously, I think he has a really good grasp on that now, but maybe he'll just want a little bit of better understanding there. Maybe they try to work in some – you know, your, your playbook might change a little bit year to year. Uh, you'll add certain things. You'll drop certain things. So, Different maybe they'll want to work that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how much he does throw. You know, I don't think he'll throw at all, really, this week. Um, I think he'll just be there. Maybe he'll do it like some warm up throws or something. But like, as far as like actually like live throwing goes, I don't think he'll be doing much. I think they're saving that for training camp. Uh, yeah, but he'll, he'll be fine. I wouldn't really, wouldn't really worry about it, but yeah. yeah. Speaking of not knowing the plays, we actually got some clarity on that faithful fourth down against Chicago, uh, on the Bucks social media post, Tom Brady admitted that he has never been as confused as he was on that fourth down play, and he pretty much admitted that he thought it was third down and they had an extra chance to go ahead and pick up the first. And I will say the biggest observation I made from that is that, one, it's pretty goddamn funny that we finally got an answer because if he was a Patriot, chances are you're not going to get an answer on stuff like that. Um, But, two, you've got to feel really good about the progress the team has made from then to now. I mean, not only with the talks that we had just mentioned about Brady being at 100%, the knee not really nagging him, he got that fixed. Um, you know, Brady and a lot of other people agree that this Bucks team has not hit their peak yet. And we've talked mm-hmm. about this best possible case scenario, but this team hasn't hit their peak yet, and they just won a Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I know it's been said, we'll say it again. Um, it's just, it's got to get you excited with, with how far this team has come and how far they can still go this upcoming year. Yeah, I mean that Chicago game was like just just an ugly Tampa style. Tampa on prime time this year, man. That's exactly what it was. 2011, 2019, like that was like <laughs> you know Tampa. You know the the penalties, uh, shooting yourself in the you, foot. You know, yeah, the, the penalties that kill them. You know them having a chance at the end, but then a quarterback making sort of a boneheaded play. Um, yeah, it's nice. Hey, he had posted on his on his TikTok. Um, is he had the first one was a was the the bomb to Scotty Miller in the MC title game. He yeah. looked at that because it was like the green screen feature on TikTok, and then the next one was the uh, the Chicago one. So it's it's good to see you know he's having fun with it and stuff. And um, I don't know if he wasn't necessarily allowed to do these things in New England. I just think I don't know if he felt completely comfortable doing them in New England. Uh, because I think like he's a grown man, like right. he's, he's probably allowed to do anything he wants, right? Like he's a grown man that at the time won six Super Bowls with New England. Like he's allowed to do whatever he wants. <laughs> I just don't know if he was completely comfortable with doing it because of maybe, you know, if if somebody that the wrong person saw it and it rubbed in the wrong way or something. Sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's nice to see the, the this side of him, the sort of playful, like joking, like making fun of himself. It's always it's always fun when you sort of make fun of yourself. Um, so yeah, it's, it's nice to see him. We all pretty much knew, I, I think what, what, what was going on as that game happened. 
Um, I think we all knew. Obviously, he didn't admit it. Well, I remember, you know, I remember the week after we spent a little bit of time talking about it on this show. And, like, part of me is like, oh, yeah, he knew. You know what I mean? Like, like he knew he's not going to admit it. He's not going to make it seem like he made a mistake. Like, the theory that I had come up with at the time, if I remember correctly, is that he knew chucked it and then looked at the referee and was you know maybe trying, trying to get to like get the fifth down call fifth down. Yeah. right trying to see if anybody else had noticed what he had noticed but i guess that was not the case and it's just cool to hear it from the man himself because you know like you said he's a grown man he can do whatever he wants but we've learned a lot not only from brady but from bruce arians over this past season there are a lot of differences in how the patriot way is done and how things are done in tampa bay um you know, Bruce is a little bit more of a, I guess, loose is the way to describe it as far as, you know, player and personnel decisions go. Um, he's talked about how he's had players walk up to him if they're a veteran and say, listen, I don't really feel like practicing today. He doesn't have a problem with it. He doesn't force them to go out there, doesn't force them to hurt themselves. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, if, if you're not showing up on Sundays, then there's a problem. Right, yeah, obviously. But if you're playing like crap, then no, you're, you're practicing. Right? <laughs> but if you're, you know, if you're one of the alpha males on the defense, like a JPP comes and says he doesn't want to practice today because his knee has a little bit of a boo-boo, then he'll be okay. Like I know JPP is yeah. going to show up on Sunday. And of course, Tom Brady also being in that uh, discussion. So let's talk about OTAs, right? Let's kind of review what has happened. So voluntary OTAs just wrapped up last week. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, you didn't really see any of your starters out there, but what this did give you a good chance to do was take a look at those guys who were on the bubble, um, you know, your second, your third string, your depth guys, people fighting for positions, which is cool because, you know, you take it for granted. We didn't have this stuff last year. We, you know, if you're a rookie coming into the league last year, you don't have these mini camps in this preseason coming up to really prove that you deserve a roster spot on this team. So let's go ahead and kick things off with who was looking good out there. Quarterback Kyle Trask. Do you remember how disastrous that first day of practice went for him? You remember Twitter, your timeline, that first day of practice for Kyle Trask saying he's already a bust, right? I mean, he was throwing some lollipops. I mean, listen, dude, <laughs> I know that they're wearing basketball shorts. The pads are not on just yet, but Kyle Trask is apparently off to a solid start in camp. The coaches have said he looks pretty comfortable in the offense, and uh, there's been some video coming out of one buck of him tossing some dimes out there. His deep ball looks pretty good, and he's leading his receivers open, which, of course, is the most important part. It'll be interesting to see what happens when they finally put the pads on and he starts throwing to a little bit better receivers, but you got to like what you're hearing about the second-round pick thus far, right? Yeah, I, I'm i not really going to put too much. I'll put more stock in the preseason games yeah. um, than, than like the, these practices. I remember when we all thought Kenny Bell was the next coming of like Michael Irvin, um, and then they put the pads on, and just disappeared uh, anybody can really look good in, in shorts and, and a, and a t-shirt mm -hmm. so it, that you know when the when that pads comes on and i'll wouldn't we think it's a big deal but it is those, those pads they really they really restrict you and then players start to to go harder uh they start to play harder so things get more difficult that way uh, the, the corners are more likely to, to press the wide receivers to make it more difficult to get them open um you know and then eventually in training camp you'll have like some sort of offensive lineman there to protect you but then defensive lineman trying to get you yeah so um it'll definitely become more difficult but yeah it's a good sign that that he's able to to look good i mean he I, he's a smart player um so I think, you know, picking up an offense, I, don't, I never thought was going to be an issue. Um, some of the, the 
the defensive clips that have come out, like defensive highlights, there's some balls that are like way off. Uh, and, and, you know, obviously that, that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, it, it's nice. It's nice to see him, see him sort of get settled in and it'll be important for him to, to settle in more because I think you're going to see a good amount of him uh, in the preseason this year. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I think of all three quarterbacks that are kind of in that, you know, QB two and three conversation, Trask is who you're going to see the most of come the preseason. And I'm excited to see it. Um, of course, we just have to wait and see. But, yeah, like you said, it's a lot different of a story once they put the pads on. So just something to keep track of as it starts to develop and the Buccaneers are back at football activities. Running back Giovanni Bernard throughout OTAs as well. Gio Bernard was brought in to address Tampa's need for a third down running back. So far, we've seen his quads looking stellar. And we've seen eyes his out, thighs out. Man. Yeah, man. But we've also <laughs> seen his work ethic shine as well. Uh, he's one of the few players who actually worked out in facility OTAs, and he also spent some time with Brady's veteran group. But one of the things that a lot of people have noticed about Bernard so far is that he has made his availability uh, as much as it can be to come in there and try and find his role early and, and ultimately help this offense out. And, you know, Keyshawn Vaughn being another guy who was kind of chirped at throughout these OTA sessions. I know BA had mentioned that maybe he should have been there one day instead of working out with Tom Brady, but you know, things get interesting when you bring Gio Bernard and Keyshawn Vaughn into that situation as far as a third down back goes. But Gio Bernard, the newest uh, Buccaneers running back, what are your expectations for him? Yeah, I, I so when he got released, I mean, everything you heard out of Cincinnati was positive things, not necessarily about the football player, but about the person. Um, and that that's clearly showing here that he, he speaks well, um, you know, to, to the media. He's clearly a hard worker. Like you said, I mean, he's one of the only guys that's been at both. I mean, like Keyshawn Vaughn's obviously have been at both. Um, but like he, he's a vet, he realizes that like he needs to get up to speed and yeah, like he's lucky that, that this is sort of a more normal off season than it was last year. Um, because last year he probably would have had to have been at Berkeley prep, uh, if this was, you know, if this was like last year, uh, because he would have had to get reps somehow. So for, for Bernard, I, I, I think we'll have a decent year. I don't know how much they're going to use him. I think he'll strictly be in a, in a third down role. Um, I think you'll see him a bit in the pre, I think you'll see him a, like a bit more than Jones and Fournette in the preseason. I think it'll be a lot of Vaughn and, and Bernard trying to get Bernard up to speed and just trying to get Vaughn more touches. Um, that's what I would expect for the preseason, but in the regular season, I don't know how much Keyshawn Vaughn's going to get. Um, man, with, with Vaughn, it's a weird me, situation, dude. Like, I get it, right? Like, that's Tom Brady. And, like, yeah, like, I'd want to go work out with Tom Brady, too. But if Bruce Arians is saying that, like, to the media, I think it's probably clear that, like, the coaches made it clear to Keyshawn Vaughn that he should be here, and then he wasn't. Um, I understand they're not mandatory. And a lot of people said, oh, so they're not mandatory, but they are mandatory. When you're on the bubble, yeah, they are mandatory. Yeah, like, and that's what you know. <laughs> that's what Bruce had mentioned as well. Like the first couple of days of workouts, you know, they were asking him about the uh, the lack of star power out there, and he said, "Listen, all the guys who need to be here are here." And yeah. uh, I think that's one of the biggest takeaways as far as coaches' I mean, expectations for who's going to be out there in these early ones. Yeah, you ended up seeing. I'm not saying he's on the bubble necessarily, but you saw Anthony Nelson, a guy who could use the reps. Uh, you saw Jadon Mickens, a guy that could use the reps, and a guy that's on the bubble right now. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's likely to make the team, 
but he knows that he has to really show out. And this is, you know, the, the coaches take a mental note of that, man. They'll remember who's there and who's not. So Keyshawn Vaughn was there one day. They probably made it clear that he should be there every day. And then the next day he was out just running routes with Tom Brady. They're not really doing any strength or, or anything, strength conditioning stuff really with Brady. They're just throwing, yeah. like the throwing and catching. That's not the same. Like, you know, I understand that it's a workout, but, and like I said, I don't blame him because, you know, throwing the ball with Tom Brady, right? Like, even if you're, even if you're in Vaughn's position, that's tough to pass up. I mean, any, any player on that team, especially Keyshawn Vaughn, who was just a rookie last year, if you get a, like a group text from Tom Brady says, hey, we're working right. out on this field this time tomorrow, there's no, no fucking questions asked. I'm there, right? Like, I'm going to be there an hour before everybody else gets there. Yeah, I mean, but I just, you know, I don't know if, if I would do that if the, next, if the other text I got is, is the coaches telling me to be there tomorrow. You know? <laughs> hey, buddy, just, missed you today. Yeah, uh, you know. At the end of the day, Tom Brady ain't going to cut you. Yeah, Bruce Arians will, right? To Tom Brady ain't going to be the one to call you in his office and cut you. Bruce Arians will. So, yeah, it, this is an important preseason for him. I think he's in real danger of being cut. I, I really do. Um, I, I, I really, really do. I think he has to have uh, just so not necessarily have a phenomenal preseason, but show some flashes. Show the reason why I don't know if he should have been a third round pick, but show the reason why you were a third round pick. Um, I think Keyshawn Vaughn needs to have a big one. Not a great start for him. Um, not a great start. He, he needs to have a good camp and a good preseason. I think he can. I don't know about him like starting on this team, but um, I, I do think he's he's capable of that at least. And I, I don't think it will happen again. I think it was a one-time mistake. I think if the coaches want him there, he'll be there. He's not going to be like, you know, ignoring the coach's orders. Right. Um, ultimately, you know, they, they want to get a close look at you. And um, they just, I, it seemed like they were just all really disappointed that, that he was there for one day, but, but not there for the other when you need those reps desperately. So, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. Another good storyline to watch coming out of camp. You mentioned some guys on the bubble. I wanted to talk about that at this particular position, and you mentioned one of them. Jadon Mickens, one of those guys. Another one here, Jalen Darden. We have heard some pretty good things about the draft pick throughout minicamp, uh, drafted out of North Texas. He's a player with a lot of eyes on him. He, he's kind of on the bubble as far as being you know, a guy in the receiver room. But uh, Well, not, not to make the team, though. Like he's making the team. Oh yeah, he's making the team. They, they, but they, 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 his... Yeah, and then anybody as far as like actually receiving like touches right. in the offense, sure. But because yeah, we like... had, we talked a lot about him being a returner, and I think maybe that's you know where most of the expectation is going to go. But as of right now, there are some pretty good things that we have heard about him, and uh, I don't remember what coach, but somebody says he has Antonio Brown like tendencies or something of the sort. Uh, they. <sighs> You know, you ask a casual fan, he is the second coming of Antonio Brown based off of the quotes coming out of camp. But even though that wasn't quite what was said, uh, you got to like what you're hearing so far, right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember if that was Byron or not. Um, yeah, but I, I, I like Jalen Darden coming out of college. Um, There's a lot to like. I mean, 19 touchdowns. Yeah. He's got all the school records. You know, that, that stuff doesn't happen by accident. Yeah, yeah, but it was Byron Lovewich. Okay. Um, this is from Peter Report. Bucks offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich says that Jalen Darden has very similar mannerisms to Antonio Brown. It's all on the college tape. He's very similar to how he plays. It'll be good that they're in the room together. And I believe Peter Report had actually put that in an article, um, but before the draft, kind of, and then after the draft, that 
um, the the Bucks see a little bit of Antonio Brown, that guy. So um, if he turns out to be half the player that Antonio Brown was, that's a steal. Yeah, for real. Um, so, yeah, I mean, anybody, if you're worried about him getting cut, like obviously we were not saying that, but uh, he was a fourth-round pick and they traded up to get him. He's not getting cut. Yeah, they like that uh, guy. Yeah, it's clear <laughs> that like that I think they might have been able to stay in, in where they were in the fourth round and maybe be able to get him, but they decided to be aggressive. So I don't think they're not cutting him. But, yeah, Jadon Mickens, I, I see a tough time tough way for him to make the team and Jadon um, Mickens has actually been working a whole lot one-on-one with Darden throughout this camp there's been plenty of which pictures is nice coming to out. see yeah, yeah. Oh, which yeah, is nice sure. to see because you know some guys in that position would be like oh you're here to take my job like screw you I'm not helping you um but he he understands like he understands the business and he he knows what's coming most likely he's obviously going to compete he's going to go out there but he knows there's Mike Evans Chris Godwin Antonio Brown Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, all seemingly locks for the roster. Yeah. And Jalen Darden is the draft pick they straight up for. Probably going to make it. Um, Justin Watson the same way. Like, I'm sure they probably both of those guys probably see the writing on the wall. And it's a deep wide receiver room. Those guys deserve to be five or, or the fifth or sixth wide receiver in a wide receiver room. It's not this one. It's a very particular case. Um it, it really is. So it's nice to see Mickens sort of taking that, that veteran leadership role and uh, taking the rookie sort of under his wing when, like you, I mean, Mickens is one of the most experienced receivers out there right now because Evan, Evans wasn't there. God wasn't there. Antonio Brown wasn't there. And that's not a knock on them, but like, you know, Mickens out, out of all of them guys, Mickens is the most experienced guy there. So, um, it's good to see. I still think he is a long shot to make the team because of Darden. Uh, Trask, the, the, the Trask and Darden uh, connection uh, flashed a few times, not not like consistently, but a few times here and there it really flashed. So it'll be fun to see. He's another guy I'm really looking forward to seeing in the preseason. He might be one of my most exciting players to watch for this preseason because I think he's – if they put him at returner, which is expected, I think, punt return and kick returner, I, I think he could – Really show you something. I, I really do. Without a doubt. As we start to wrap things up here, let's take a look ahead at maybe some guys to pay attention to as they are coming back from injury and looking to get started this week at mandatory minicamp. First things first, the first-round pick himself, number nine, Joe Tryon. Today is uh, media day at one buck, and, and probably sometime this week, anytime after you listen to this, we're going to get some kick-ass photos of the newest bucks in their uniforms, but... They were showing Tryon walk around with that number nine on his jersey, dude. And I don't know. It's going to take me a long time to get used to those single-digit numbers. Like, it, it throws me off a lot. Um, mm-hmm. uh, well, we have some some uh, some news here from Ian Ravport. Um, it says, sources of the Bucks have agreed on a revised contract for Super Bowl winning coach Bruce Arians. That includes a pay raise, while GM Jason Light also has a new deal that ensures he'll be in Tampa Bay for multiple years. Well-deserved for the chance. Hell yeah, man. Let's go. And we get to break some news on the pod, right? I mean, if you're listening, you probably know about the news by now since we're (laughs) pre-recorded. But uh, it's nice that we get to, you know, cover a little bit of something. And and like Rap said, very well-deserved. I mean, you're coming off of the Super Bowl win, but the 180 that uh, Jason Light was able to make with this team and his track record building that defense the way that he did. And obviously (laughs) Bruce Arians being the guy to get it done. Go ahead, sorry. They should should make a documentary on that. On Jason, (laughs) just Jason Light's career. Like... (laughs) Dude, three years ago, 
go back to three years ago, the conversations that some people were having. About oh, go on him. Twitter and look up Jason say, Light we, mentions from 2016. We, we weren't having those conversations. Okay. <laughs> we were close. We been, were close. Yeah. But we've, we've pretty much for the most part been a pro light podcast. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. but especially me, I've, I've gotten many arguments with people on Twitter about him. And I was like, <laughs> no, not taking this slander, but, um, dude, like 2017, he cut his second round pick after he traded up to get him the year before. And then the guy he replaced him with sucked. And then And it wasn't just a second round pick. What what, what position was that again? It was a kicker. Yeah, right? it wasn't it wasn't a corner. <laughs> it wasn't a wide receiver. It wasn't a linebacker we're talking about here. Yeah. Um <laughs> uh, um Yeah, and then you know, and then like Deshaun Jackson, who he signed, ends up being a locker room problem. Chris Baker, who he signed, ends up being an even bigger locker room problem. And then like he literally moves on from the quarterback that he drafted first overall. But he just so happened to keep his job as he got Tom Brady. And then he hit a home run with Tristan Wirfs, Antoine Winfield. And then they won the Super Bowl. Like, man, oh man, just a one one eighty. A complete the movies, the movies write he, themselves, man. He's literally like you know, if Bruce Arians says no, like I'm not coming out of retirement, I don't know if Jason Light's the Bucks GM right now. I, I really don't because I think the only reason the Glazers kept him is because the Glazers wanted um, the Glazers wanted Bruce Arians, and they knew that Jason Light had a relationship with Bruce Arians. Best way to get Bruce Arians wasn't going to be to fire Jason Light and hire another guy and try and get him. It was going to try. It was going to be and try and get Light to. Uh, to convince him so yeah man um, another another thing here we just we got a text from our our buddy james um speaking of tom brady real quick he was the uh pro football focus uh they put out their qb rankings and he was the number two quarterback uh, ranked by them so it's good praise for for tom brady um and just Tom Brady has just changed this franchise, right? Just like we we're talking about right there. Jason Light, it was super close to being fired. Right. Like there was probably so many. If you talk to a lot of people in that building, they thought he was going to be fired. Um, and now he just got a, basically a contract extension. <laughs> it's it's honestly craziness um, and well deserved, especially well deserved because you can say, oh, he's easy to sign Tom Brady. You think that was easy? Yeah, so right. <laughs> signing Tom Brady was, was was an easy thing to do. All the other Even teams though, that were candidates that he could have chosen, Tampa Bay had to, I'm sure, put a little bit of work into, yeah, you know, it, to make that seem like the most just, cush spot for him. It wasn't just a phone call and saying, "Oh, look at our roster." No, like you had to, you had to convince him. Um, I mean, yeah, he's literally leaving the place that he spent the first 20 years of his career. It's not not a hard. That's not an easy sell. <laughs> um, so. I mean, you know, and then returning all 22 starters, um, getting a, a, a right tackle that was, well, probably the top five right tackle in the NFL as a rookie. Yeah. It's not easy to do, man. None of this is easy. So, well deserved to those two guys for, for getting that news. I don't know. I don't think the Bruce Arians thing is a contract extension, but I think the light Jason Light thing basically is. So. Yeah. Well, as far as we know about Bruce, I mean, you know, he gets a raise at the end of the day, so that in itself is very well-deserved. No matter how long he decides to continue coaching, he's been vocal about, you know, wanting to keep going as long as he can. So as of right now, Bruce is here to stay. And with that news that we just talked about, it is uh, all official. So let's get back to what we were talking about really quickly. First-round pick Joe Tryon basically 
Uh, he had a minor scope on his knee a few weeks before the draft and is not yet practiced as a buck, but he's been on the field every single day getting a lot of mental reps. B.A. has indicated on several occasions that Tryon was on pace to make his practice debut in the mandatory camp, so if that does end up happening, he could be in the mix with Shaq Barrett and JPP as soon as this week. So that'll be interesting to watch as well. You love to see your first round guy go out there and get some reps. And at this point, you know, better late than never. I'd rather have him out there for mandatory camp than have him injured long enough to have to sit around till mid-July. Yeah, you as a rookie, you want to get him as as much action as possible. So it wasn't a great start that he wasn't able to really do a whole lot. But it's not the end of the world um, because... You know, it was just rookie minicamp and stuff. So it's nice to see that now it looks like he's going to be able to do a little bit more. And then hopefully he'll be able to play in the preseason games and then show out there. So yeah. um, it, it'll be it'll be nice to see him. Wide receiver Antonio Brown, another guy on that list. He is someone else who had some work done on his knee. I think, you know what, you win a Super Bowl, everybody gets a knee scope. That's what happens when you play with Tom Brady. But uh, AB is going to be ready to roll for mandatory minicamp, hopefully starting this week. So we should see him back in his first action in the red and pewter. And also something they're not something not really many people are talking about. He stayed out of trouble. He did. Like let, let's let's give him credit. Like he the entire the entire season after they signed him, and then this all all season he stayed out of trouble. Now I know I could have done without that, him hanging out with Jake Paul, but you know, yeah, whatever. I mean, that's <laughs> um, so. I, I know there's some things that, that came out like a lot of those civil cases and stuff. They're from like they're two, years, years old. Ago. Yeah. Like, you know, it, the only reason I'm going to be concerned is if it happens while he's with the bucks, mm-hmm. if it, if it, if it happened prior to that, I don't care. Like it, it, it won't, it won't affect it. Right. Like it does, it shouldn't matter. Obviously, you know, to that person, it, it does matter. But I mean, as far as like the football side of things go, if it didn't happen while he was signed with the Bucks, it, it you know it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Just like that, what was it? That um that security gate thing when he threw threw the bike at the security gate thing. Right. That yeah. Was, it was like two weeks after he signed with them, yeah. but it was like a week prior to them him signing with them. So technically he hadn't signed yet. So right. Kudos to him. Right. I know a lot of people still have the opinion on him, and you can have any opinion. You don't have to like the person. You really don't. But. Kudos to him for for sort of keeping clean here, and um, he's going to be an important piece. And obviously, he's going to be playing a full season now. He was sort of a midseason rental kind of um, this past year, so it'll be fun to see him for for a full season because he's still is he's not the same player he was. Um, he's not the same player he was in 2016, but he still is. It just whenever he gets the ball in his hands, like it's just it seems like something big's gonna happen. He's just a natural playmaker. He he is a yeah. freak athlete, and he has those tendencies where, like you said, once he gets the ball in his hand, you never know what's gonna happen. And I will say that rule number one for him coming to play for Tampa was stay out of trouble. And uh, we can clearly see where his priorities lie because the, the, the football field was never an issue. Right. It was, it was what happened yeah. on, on, not on it. But know? with the lack of trouble that you had just mentioned, we can clearly see how serious he takes things. And uh, as of right now, we're excited to see him come back in the red and pewter for another year. Next up, coming back from injury, tight end OJ Howard. He suffered an Achilles tendon injury week four of last year. Uh, he was on IR for the rest of the year. 
On March 31st, with the shape of an offseason program still up in the air, B.A. said that O.J. Howard was really close to getting, uh, to getting back on the field and will be ready to go by the time mandatory camp rolls around. With most veterans choosing not to participate in the voluntary OTAs last week, this upcoming week's minicamp is the first opportunity to see if O.J. is back to full health or if he's going to be waiting until training camp to really get back into the mix. But I'm excited to see how this one goes. Uh, I talked about O.J. He's Howard. He's been the forgotten man. Huh? He's been the, the forgotten man. He really has. Like. And, and, you know, for a guy that obviously has all the hype in the world as far as Bucks fans go, if you ask any other casual fan about O.J. Howard, they're going to tell you that he's a bust. But if he can stay healthy, he has all the makings of being a tight end one on this team, right? He, he, he has... I understand Rob Gronkowski's on this team. He has the potential to be the best tight end on this team. I mean, he is twice. The, the, the let, physical, the, the tools he has, he has the potential to be the best tight end. Yeah, on this and team. I mean, let's face it. Let's just be blunt and honest here. As much as we love Gronk, there is nothing like Brady to Gronk, but O.J. Howard is twice the athlete that Rob Gronkowski is, at least as of right now, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Gronk still, he's, what, 31, 32 now? Yeah. Has, still has an injury history. I know he played a full year, and it's great, fantastic, right? Like, awesome. He was able to play a full year in his first year back. But you still want to manage that a little bit. You don't, you know, because the, the important thing now, I think you can almost bank on yourself getting into the playoffs. What good is a banged-up Rob Gronkowski in the playoffs because you played him in every single regular season game? Right. So sort of, you know, manage it, right? Yeah. Just, just kind of – Tom Brady, yeah, you need him for every game, sure. But, like – manage it kind of there's a reason jason pierre paul didn't really practice during the week they were managing it right mm-hmm. so um yeah it'll be it'll be nice to see oj howard back because like i said i feel like he was injured so early in the season and when it was before they really hit their peak that vita Vea was injured early in the season but his presence felt more like you knew his presence. He wasn't there because the defense was kind of struggling a little bit. And you were like, ah, like could Vita Vea help this? Right. And then he ended up coming back. So he didn't forget about him. OJ Howard, I feel like is, is the forgotten man, dude. Like Cameron Brait played well. Brock Gronkowski played well as the season went on. I think OJ Howard just sort of fell by the wayside. And if he can stay healthy, I think he's in for, for a big year. And, and if he's in for a big year, with a hell, you know, a full season of Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, 100% healthy because he was not healthy pretty much the entire year. Yeah. Um, Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Bray, I, you know, Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Giovanni Bernard. The list goes on and on. I just, <laughs> I, I don't know how how teams. The only one who can stop it, I feel like, is the Bucks, and it's just you know because they're not getting creative enough, right? It's right. just. Uh, it's it's incredible the embarrassment of riches they have and like when you like literally forget about a guy like oj howard a first round pick one of the best alabama tight ends like ever um just you know an absolute stud like i like yeah the health is important like it is and this is a big year for him this is his fifth year option year um he's a free agent next year so this will decide whether they keep him or not. And if I had to bet, I think they're going to try to keep him and Gronkowski and then wave goodbye to Cameron Brate eventually. But um, if he can't stay healthy, who knows? The Bucks might just say, you know what, dude? Like, you got to be on the field. Like, you got to be on the field, and, and you're not. So this is a big year for him, and I think he's ready to to take sort of that, that next step. Because Tom Brady, I did like throwing to him. Oh, yeah. And even though it was a, a small sample size, like he went down in week four, but some of the catches he made, the chemistry that he clearly had with Brady, he was he was a great target for TB12, and, and he showed that 
you know, he had a lot of faith in OJ before he had a lot of faith in throwing it up to like Mike Evans. I, I feel like, uh, at least yeah. as far as how the year went on and the season played out. But OJ yeah. Howard, without a doubt, one of the top guys to be interested in watching once minicamp gets rolling. The last guy on this list before we wrap things up here, wide receiver John Franklin, who was opening eyes in training camp last summer, missed the entire 2020 season due to a torn ACL suffered in training camp. He was in attendance at last week's OTAs, but was not yet back in action. Not really sure what his status is for this week's minicamp, but, you know, John Franklin, you talk about forgotten guys. If you ask anybody who was a Bucks fan um, before 2020, they can probably tell you who he is because he started to really gain traction at the end of that 2019 year. But uh, John Franklin, you know, the what's the best way to describe him? The closest thing to a Swiss Army knife that this team has right now. What are your expectations for him? Does he make it on the roster come week one, or do you think he's going to be a casualty? Ah, uh, man, it just, I, yeah, I think he had the best sort of casualty. I think they might, maybe if they can try to keep him on the practice squad. Mm. Um, it's just tough. He's, you, you, like you said, the Swiss Army knife. What's his position? How is that going to fit? Um, it'll be interesting to see how they do use him because I think you can use him in a lot of different ways. Um, obviously the people that that are familiar with him are a lot of last chance you fans uh, from from Netflix so um, he was a the quarterback there um, so I mean hey Tom Brady really likes doing that little lateral backwards pass with Julian Elman because Julian right. Elman played quarterback can you see that with John Franklin you know like could could you potentially see that maybe um, because obviously he you know, I think he's the only one in the wide receiver slash running back room that played quarterback. So um, he'd probably be able to do it. Uh, I, you know, I'd like to see him work in something like that. Maybe just try in the preseason, just even if it's just Kyle Trask throwing and not Brady, whatever, like have just, just try that. See how it works. Um, I would like to see him to see him make it. He's those gadget players. They're always fun. Um, Taysom Hill is like annoying because like, He's not good, and people pretend like he's God. Um, but <laughs> what um, do you mean he's gonna be? He's gonna be uh, the MVP next year, quarterback. I know he's he's dude. Apparently, it, he's a proven uh, he is a proven quarterback. We've seen all we need to as far as Taysom Hill under center if, in the NFL, he, right? If, I mean, ask any Saints wins, fans. If he wins the starting quarterback job, there's no way anybody is gonna give James Winston any sort of money next offseason. There's just no way. Because, Except for all those guys on Twitter, but yeah, I see your point. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, there's a bunch of them. Oh man, <laughs> if if they had their way, Tom Brady would never be in Tampa. So, um, yeah, I, dude, his Mills is not good. Like he, he's just not. He can't. I can throw the ball better than that guy. I mean, what, thirty-two yeah. years old as well? Yeah, like everybody acts like he's like twenty-five. I'm like, no, like he's. He's been, yeah, like I understand, like he was like a late like college guy, and but he's been in the league for a little bit now, so whatever. But like I said, yeah, those gadget players are are fun when when used, um, when not overly used. I think that's why people hate Taysom Hill so much is that he's just used so much that like it gets really annoying. And I mean, it sucks because you know they use him a lot because he goes out there and he produces. Like that's the thing. I would hate him. I would hate him so much less if every time he was on the field against Tampa Bay, the Saints didn't get a fucking touchdown, but that's every single time he's on the field, you know that a play is about to happen, that Tampa Bay's defense is not going to be ready for, 
and it's going to change the tide of the game. Or he goes out there and he blocks a punt after halftime, and then, you know, the, the game changes from there. I think about what, that blocked punt that? from, was uh, that what was that, 2018? In, was that in New Orleans? It was in Ray J. They were wearing, I think Ray they were wearing yeah, the color okay. rush. The, color the Bucks rush. led at the yeah. half. Yep, yep. They were up like 14 nothing, I think, at that Yeah, and then that blocked punt, dude. Changed everything. I, I, that's that's the one moment that I always go back to. It's like Vietnam flashbacks when I think of Taysom Hill is that damn blocked punt. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, then they lost that game. Yeah. That's right. Hmm. Sad yeah, times. Was, yeah, I, I do remember that now. Yeah, that was <laughs> right before the half. They scored the the Bucks scored a touchdown with Cameron Bray. Yeah. and threw it to Bray. Okay. I, I do remember that. Doesn't now. feel good thinking about it now, does it? No, I mean, I'm, I'm just remembering the highlights, so I'm fine. Right, right. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. And then Darius Galanton, I think, picked off uh, Drew Brees on a yeah. screen pass. Yeah. Now, see, look, we, we, we should just do this. We, we should, like, do, like, a special or, like, reviewing old Bucks games. Random like, games. Just, yeah, just, like, random. Like, probably the wins, right? Not, 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 like, we're not, <laughs> the... not going to be We're not gonna be doing, like, twenty Washington 2015. Next week on we're the not... show, Tampa Bay's top 10 second half collapse. Washington. Well, we all know Washington would be number one. But, you like that? Um, uh, well, <laughs> guess what, Kirk Cousins? The Bucks beat you in AJ now. So um, I don't even remember what we were saying. Oh, John Franklin. Um, so man, that that conversation went far. Man, oh man, that went from John Franklin to Bucks Saints from 2018. Then. Washington and Kirk Cousins, man. That's what we do here on the show. It's the off season, folks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like I said, I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him get some work in. So we'll see if he does. Um, it'll be. It'll be. He's another guy. It'll be interesting to see. I know Bruce Arians does like it. Um, yeah, I know. I know he does. So it'll be. It'll be fun to to see that guy. One last question before we wrap things up. Before the show, I opened up our Instagram for any last minute questions that people had for this episode in particular. And as we take a look at minicamp approaching, we got a question from BLP05 over on our Instagram. What positional battle has you guys the most intrigued as we continue throughout camp? I can tell you one that I have in mind is uh, there's a pretty stacked battle for that last cornerback spot. Mm. But are there any other position battles headed into camp that that you've got your eye on, Evan? Well, obviously the the third quarterback spot. Um, I, I think Blaine Gabbard has the upper hand, but Ryan Griffin always seems to show out in the preseason, so it might be tough to deny Mr. it. Mr. August. Um, <laughs> I never heard that one, but that's pretty good. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that's pretty good. If they had, like, one of them calendars, that would be, he would have to be Mr. August. Um, yeah, uh, so I, I'm not going to say quarterback. I want to pick a different one. Um, let's see. Uh, I mean, can can Joe Tryon? I mean, Anthony Nelson versus Joe Tryon. I know it's not much of a competition, but like, how many reps does he steal from Anthony Nelson? Right. Nelson's already um, got a little bit of a head start there too. Yeah, like there's there's not a ton of battles because they brought everybody back, so you know where everybody fits. Yeah. Um, Robert Hansey, does he play center or guard mostly? Uh, I mean, obviously, like Keyshawn Vaughn, GRR, that type of thing we already talked about, really. The wide receivers we already pretty much talked about. Uh, I, I'll, I guess I'll have to go. It's boring, but I'll have to go with the third quarterback one. I just – I don't know. I just – there's not a whole lot. The, the fifth corner one is a good one. Um, but they have uh, Chris Wilcox, the, the seventh-round pick, and then um, – name slipped Nate, my mind. Nate Brooks. 
Yeah, and then there, there, I thought there, there was one more. There was one more guy. His name, I thought he was on a team last year. His name slipped in my mind. Not Javon Hagen. He's a safety. Uh, I can't remember. Maybe the dude doesn't exist. Uh, maybe <laughs> I'm just I'm just making him up my mind. So, uh, yeah, but the fifth cornerback um, spot will, will be interesting to see. I thought they maybe should have added. Like, I know they brought back Ross Cockrell, like, sweet, as the fourth corner, but I thought maybe they should have added a veteran to be that fifth corner. Right. Instead of relying on on a rookie or an inexperienced player, but whatever. Um, and yeah, the other the other safety spot will, will be interesting to see. Was, like I said, Javon Hagen seems like he's got the front runner for for the backup safety job. Yeah. Um, seems like obviously Jordan Whitehead and Anton Winfield are your starters, with Mike Edwards being one backup and then Javon Hagen possibly another backup. Um, speaking of the fifth corner, though, before we head out, uh, there's some unfortunate news regarding. One of the Buccaneers undrafted free agent corners who was going to compete for the fifth cornerback spot and actually looked pretty good. It is a uh, Navy cornerback, Cameron Kinley or kindly, not sure. Um, I think it's Kinley. Yeah, but, I think it's Kinley. Um, his, uh, the U S Navy this is from Adam Schefter. The U S Navy has denied uh, his request to delay his commission to play in the NFL. Uh, Kinley is being required to commission into the U S Navy as an ensign. Um, that basically means, in simple terms, it means that right now, the, the, right now, maybe in the future, but right now, he cannot play in the NFL. Uh, he has to. There's a commitment there with the Navy, and I, the, the weird thing is, the Navy is apparently like this is like one of the first ones they've denied, which is super weird. Um, oh well, apparently the Navy can't exist without him. I mean, if you don't have yeah, Cameron Kinley, the the whole yeah. fleet goes down. Yeah, I mean, he is he is a he, what he was like a captain, I think, or something. Um, but just let him play. Like this was this was his dream. Like he did say, like yeah, he went to the Navy, but he went to the Navy to play football with intentions of going to the NFL. Yeah. So like I don't know, man. He and, did everything you asked him to, and now you're not going to let him do it. And they're trying to appeal it. They're they're trying to get it reversed. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to, but right now it seems like Cameron Kinley will not be making the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers, I believe, have put him on the military reserve list. Uh, so technically, I still I don't think he's a free agent. Have we um, ever? I mean, I, I know the only person who probably has an answer to this is Greg Allman. But like, have the Bucks ever put a player on the military uh, reserve no, list in franchise history? Yeah, yeah tweet at Greg. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, it's, it, it sucks for him. Uh, it, it did seem like that you heard some good things about him. Um, in, In the in the at Buccaneers training camp, and he will have to to do his uh, commitment with the Navy. Yeah, unfortunate for him, but uh, the way the cookie crumbles. Hopefully, we'll hear something soon out of his camp as they move ahead on that decision. He put out a statement regarding the decision that the Navy had made. And uh, listen, you know, when you go into the military, you put pen to paper, and it's a commitment well, yeah. for you yeah. to serve out this amount of time. To dumb it down for everybody, basically, what he asked the Navy to do is to still honor that commitment. But just do it after delay. his playing career, just delay. and uh, yeah. and they denied him. So we'll have to see so, what develops. So basically, there. yeah, if let him participate in training camp, let him participate in preseason. If he gets cut, doesn't make the team, all right, he goes to the Navy. But mm -hmm. if if he does make the team, and let's say he plays for three years, after those three years, he goes to the Navy. And right now, the Navy are just not letting that happen. They want it to. They want him to to serve his commitment now instead of later. Yeah. So a lot of interesting storylines to keep an eye on this time of year. But ladies and gentlemen, hopefully we did a good job of uh, circling the wagon for you. Everything you need to know 
as far as Buccaneer OTAs go and mandatory minicamp coming up this week. Of course, with any Bucks news that comes out, we will be here to talk to you about it. The next time that will be, I don't know. After the Bucks go and practice at minicamp this week, they have a six-week break. It, it probably it probably won't be another month, but it, I'm yeah, not, it definitely we're, won't we're, be. You we're, know, we're also we're also not guaranteeing that it'll be like next week. So we'll <laughs> st- stand by on episodes for that. So thank you guys we'll, for. We'll, uh, we'll be back to a schedule here once training camp really ramps up. We'll be back to sort of a more regular schedule. Absolutely. Thank you, to you guys. Uh, thank you to everyone who has listened up until this point. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Cannon Fire podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to the channel if you have not already. And if you prefer to listen, you can do that as well. Anywhere you download a podcast is where you can find the show. Find us on social. Uh, find us on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire podcast. Best place to go for updates on the show, and of course, Buccaneer news as it happens. Speaking of Buccaneer news as it happens, you can follow my co-host Evan on Instagram at Bucks underscore daily. You can also find him on Twitter at EvanNFL. Last but not least, you can find myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus, R-H-E-T-T-A-K-U-S. If you follow me, I will follow you back. Uh, one more thing. Go Sixers. Oh, yeah. I guess playoff basketball's on, huh? <laughs> hey. You know it. I mean, lightning up 3-1 to one over Carolina right now. I don't know how that series with New York and Boston is going to shape out, but an Eastern Conference final between Tampa Bay and Boston in a year like this, brother? In in a year where Tom Brady says, like, let's go Lightning. Yeah, Tom Brady's (laughs) up on the Jumbotron and Amelie saying, let's bring Lord Stanley back to the Bay where he belongs. Uh, Listen, folks, there might not be a lot of football going on, but if if you're not a hockey fan, now is the best time to do so. It's the best time of year for sports like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Playoff hockey is, you know, there's there's no better playoff um, than than playoff hockey. Oh so no, there's really not. Just uh, yeah, go, go Sixers. I don't care who wins in the NHL um, <laughs> because the, the Penguins are out now, so I don't care. Um, it would have been anybody but the Penguins. So um, yeah, go go Sixers, and we'll see if the if Tampa has sort of the, the balls to play that Tom Brady thing during like their <laughs> series of Boston. If it's like you know like a, like a home game and just see like it'd be funny. It would be. I'm not sure if they're going to do it. I'd be as like technically they already played it, but I think you should play it again. So yeah. if they first run Boston, they should play it again or have like Brady there with a lightning jersey on. <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. I am your host, Rhett Matthew, signing off for my co host, Evan Wanich. We'll talk to you guys whenever we talk to you next. Until then, as always, go Bucks. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Presented by your friends over at betonline.ag. We'll talk to you later. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.